Hey everybody, this week's podcast guest has a pretty interesting story. He grew up in the Dominican Republic and literally burned his business to the ground in his early 20s. Literally burned his restaurant to the ground. He ended up coming to Miami, completely homeless, sleeping on buses and benches, and now he has some of the best contacts in the industry. He has an incredible business, and he is going to explain in this episode of the NPM Podcast how he did it, which is through growth hacking other people's businesses. You're going to like this episode. Stay tuned. We'll see you inside. Hi, I'm Tim Jordan, and at every corner of the world, entrepreneurship is growing. So join me as I explore the stories of successes and failures. Listen in as I chat with the risk takers, the adventurous, and the entrepreneurial veterans. We all have a dream of living a life fulfilling our passions, and we want a business that doesn't make us punch a time clock, but instead runs around the clock, in the AM and the PM. So get motivated, get inspired. You're listening to the AM PM Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the AMPM Podcast. I'm here with an exceptional guest today, Mr. Joe Curry. But I need to address the elephant in the room if you are watching on YouTube. I'm not in my normal studio. 2020 has finally caught up with me, and I have spent the past, I don't know, nine or ten days sequestered in my home with a, uh, a pretty serious illness. It turned out to be negative for COVID, but I'm still locked up because of... Uh, you know, the whole quarantine with fever mess. So I'm in my home office today. I'm sure the audio is still good, but if you're looking at this visually, I promise I have not given up on the regular studio. I will be back. So Joe, I hate that you showed up for an episode where I'm in the uh, the kind of backup studio, but we'll make do, right? I'm, be, I'm going to be unique. <laughs> there you go. So today we have Joe Curry here. He's a guy that I met, I don't know, a few weeks ago. I actually was a guest on his podcast and as we got to talking, I realized, man, this guy's got some incredible wisdom, some incredible talent, some incredible experience that I would love to share with the AMPM audience. So that's what we're going to do today. Today, we're going to talk about things like growth hacking mindsets and tactics for utilizing and using audiences, finding ways to build reputation, a lot of cool stuff. I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but stuff that Joe's going to, going to talk to us about. But before that, I want to dive a little bit into Joe's history. Joe is not originally from the U.S. He's uh, had some ups and downs along the way. He's an exceptionally good-looking guy in this fedora hat that he's wearing. You know, it takes a special uh, special kind of personality to pull off a fedora, and he's definitely pulling it off. So appreciate you sharing that with us, Joe. So, Joe, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, I know that currently, I guess you would consider yourself a business development expert, right? But you haven't always been that. So give us the journey of like how Joe became the business development guy that he is now. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tim, for having me here. And and really, I, for the people that is listening, I really freaking enjoyed the, the last interview with Tim. And I discovered that this guy is the freaking one of the biggest growth hackers that I know personally. And I love the subject of growth hacking and and, and how to develop business faster and, and doing that kind of crap. So I loved it. And thank you. That's why we connected so well. So thank you. Thank you for having me. And basically, yes, what I do is business development. Uh, what I do is help uh, business owners, high-level entrepreneurs connect 
to each other, uh, we add an excuse of, hey, let me do an interview on a podcast or whatever. But we do business with the business owners. So we connect eight-figure business owners with other eight-figure business owners to do business together and scale their businesses faster. So obviously, this didn't start like that. Uh, we started in a really humble beginnings. I'm from the Dominican Republic, and you see, like, you can see my my English is like my 17th language. That's why it's weird, but I I'm, I do my best. Um, well, if, if English is your 17th language, what's your second language? My second language, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I I started in the, in the Dominican Republic. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never saw myself like working for other people. I I swear to my like I I I didn't even care about college or uh, uh, school because I always knew that I was going to be a business owner since I was like freaking a kid. And on thir on thirty like on eighth grade, I was selling watches from school to to the other kids or selling homework. I was always selling something instead of focusing on the on the homework or or stuff itself. So yeah, I saw that I that's what I want to do, and I never pay attention to college. They kicked me out from school and from college because I I I wasn't the guy that was paying too much attention, right? At 19, I I was partnering up with a friend to start a restaurant, <laughs> and he, uh, her dad came to my house and told me like, "Hey, if you're going to partner up with my daughter, we have to I have to know you or whatever." And he presented to me, he, we got to know each other and we liked each other. I was 18, he was 52. And he, he presented me another opportunity to start manufacturing uh, jewelry. Jewelry, I have never seen this jewelry it was like something random, but he saw that I was an entrepreneur and he had some cash to, to invest. So... At 19, I started like a freaking uh, doing this thing. I had 19 employees and not at 20, and we started growing. It like stuff it started going well. Then I discover for the people that is listening, seasonal businesses. I was doing like so well on business, and then it was like uh, something for uh, tourists on my country, and then the tourist season stopped. And I almost go broke. Like I, I have, I, I have my whole team working, and I'm working these big dreams that I have. And then I discover, like, okay, no tourists on my country. We have actually like eight to ten million tourists on my country every year. So uh, from and then zero. And we started selling anything. We we had like seventy grand or a hundred grand on on on, on merchandise. And we couldn't sell it. And then I started fighting with my partner. And he, like we had a huge fight. And he took all the merchandise and disappeared. I, I was deep on debt. And <laughs> he later on, he committed suicide. It was crazy. It was, it, it was stupid what happened at the beginning. And I got depressed for like 90 days. And I was like... I couldn't even explain, like, what's the... I, I always criticize my mom because she got sometimes some depressions. And I promised to myself, you'll never get depressed. This is stupid until I face it, until, until life punches you in the face. And it was, like, so freaking crazy. Like, how... 
business for me was like having a kid or a wife or whatever. Like I was married to my business. Now I lose my business and I, and I got depressed for 90 days. I couldn't leave my room. It was, I, I was on debt, like maybe like 30 grand or something like that. And for me, that was like, I, I owe the whole world. I was 20 years old or something like that. So then <laughs> finally, I found a way to start working with my dad, uh, leave the depression. I did promise to myself, I will never allow my feelings to 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 put me in bed, to put me in a depression. And then I started blocking my feelings. I, I will never like, I started drinking a lot also. So I started like blocking every type of feeling about negative stuff or whatever with alcohol or just thinking on another thing. So I, I wasn't facing my issues <laughs> when it, they happened at the beginning. So that caused me in the future of future uh, problems. And the next thing that I did, I started working real estate with my father and I started going well. And and this is still in the Dominican, right? You're still in the Dominican. So now you're doing real estate. Still in Dominican Republic. I'm 22 now. And, and I got some commission from a big deal that we did. Not a big deal. I did like 30 grand or something like that. So I decided that I wanted to have a restaurant from zero because my wife, she was a really great cook. And I said, okay, I love eating. You love cooking. So let's have a restaurant. So no experience at all. No research at all. I did want to have a business. And the first thing that came to mind was to having a restaurant. So this is the first time that is discovered growth hacking, let's say. Growth hacking is like the mindset of finding the faster way to do stuff in the most profitable way. So I went to every restaurant in my country that I liked the food. And I went to the, to the back in the kitchen and find out who was the cook. And I offered them money because I already liked your food. And if I'm going to do ribs, I'm going to find the best restaurant on town that doing ribs. And I'm going to go to the restaurant and try to hire the cook. So <laughs> that's what I hired my seven people on my kitchen from other restaurants. So it was like so crazy, the, the kind of quality on, that we had on the food. I offered them more money, period. I If they were making, they, on Dominican Republic, it's lower the weight, so... If they were making, I don't know, $1,000, I would offer them $1,500 right away. Hey, let's go and let's do it. So on six months, my restaurant went from zero to like having 300 people a night on the restaurant because the food was freaking awesome. And that's the freaking like lesson there for like when you are going to hire somebody it's better to pay a little bit more and hire somebody that is good at it instead of you having to go through all the waste of the money trying to do it yourself from zero or trying to learn you can there is even people in freaking fiber today that they are expert on pakistan and they can charge you less for whatever you need to do and so it was like finding the people that wasn't making too much money, but that I could pay, but they were really good at it. So <laughs> I was 23. I didn't know anything about laws or whatever. So my restaurant was going good. And I did decided to do an investment on the restaurant or whatever. I invest all every money, every penny that I had back to do like a, an extension on the restaurant. And my restaurant caught fire. 
I opened up a bar <laughs> next to the restaurant and I was trying to rush the opening of the bar and it was like, holy crap. Um, I, I post everywhere on social media that I'm opening the bar today and it wasn't ready. So I rushed it, paying to somebody that was crappy doing what he was doing. Uh, he... He was basically the janitor, and he told me, "Hey, I could fix your your light." Uh, so, so to Russia, you you hired an electrician that was not actually an electrician. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that caused me losing my freaking restaurant. Like, I saw my freaking baby just caught in fire, like at three a.m. in the morning. Uh, it, it, it was one of the most interesting and painful moments of my life. Like. It was everything. I left everything on that place. It was like, I, I saw like, yeah, it was just burning like crazy. And it was like 3 a.m. And I, I started drinking with some people that didn't know me. And they were saying, holy crap, the owner of that place must be going crazy. And I'm drinking with them next to them like a mile away or something. Seeing my restaurant just burn. And that get me like to another super dark moment in my life. When I started drinking again, I, I got divorced. I came to Miami because I got sued like crazy. And it was painful, but I was too too, pride, too, too proudful of myself. Oh, I can do it. I, I no need help from nobody. I was at 23 making 30 grand for my pocket a month. And it was like I felt like I was doing it. And then... From being sued and losing everything, my wife let him, let him, uh, left me. I'm here in Miami without friends. Like, it put me into a position that I started, like, doing drugs and alcohol and going party and whatever. And I lost all the money that I had on my account until I went homeless for a few, <laughs> for a few months, basically. So I started crashing on other people's couches, uh, sleeping sometimes on a freaking bus. And... and it wasn't that I needed to do that, but I was so proud that I couldn't allow nobody to know that I was in this situation. And that was the problem. The, the big job that I, I was always doing money, now I'm not doing any money and I'm needing help from somebody else. So that was extremely like crazy painful. And But that teach me like crazy. Like now when I look back, when I can see, when I can help somebody, when I see pain, I understand pain. When I see like other people like struggling really for money, I could be there for them for real because I, I really understand what's what's not even being able to, to have the cojones to ask for help. And I was like that. And it was the the most awful situation of my life. I I I, I wanted to even to commit suicide. It was pointless for me life. It's interesting what you just said about how you know, it actually takes cojones to ask for help. And I think that as entrepreneurs, we pride ourselves with being self-sufficient. We pride ourselves with being the standouts, the ones that support everybody else. And I definitely think that that, that pride is a fallacy, of course. You know, there are so many things that we just don't know how to do. There's so many mistakes we're going to make. There's so many, you know, unforeseen issues. You know, COVID wrecked everybody. I mean, like, we, we still don't even have any idea of the implications of the long-term impacts to small businesses that COVID had, you know, and, and people were doing everything right. Sometimes we just have bad luck and 2020 happens. Right. But I do think that one thing that I'm still learning is that asking people for help is not a weakness. 
you know, it's not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of inability. It's not a sign of, you know, a lack of my own potential or ability. It really is courage. And what I am slowly starting to learn, I've still got a long way in, in going, is, is that people, there are people around me that want me to succeed, that want to help. And I'm actually doing them a disservice by not allowing them to help me, right? So I think that's a great point that that a lot of us as entrepreneurs need to remember is that having help, asking for help, asking for advice is not at all weakness, but it's actually strength. 100%. I couldn't be more agree. And that was the, exactly my biggest lesson when I was homeless. Like, I... I, I saw an like my my escape from the depression from sleeping on the streets it was like going on Instagram and seeing people that is making a ton of money and I dreaming that I'm, someday somehow I'm going to be there and then one day and that's why I love freaking social media I love internet you can talk any crap that you want to talk but there are ways to actually use it in the in a positive way, like this podcast. This podcast is helping people to, to get empowered, to open their e-commerce business, to start an Amazon business or whatever. So there are a bunch of people doing damage on using social media, but there are some people using really good on social media. So the thing was, I was looking at Ty Lopez, watching like uh, showing, him, showing off his new car, and he was saying, hey, I'm here in my garage. This is my Lamborghini or whatever. But... That ad introduced me to a course, to the 67-step course, where I learned that I could, that I needed a mentor, that I didn't know it at all, that there are some people that I have to be humble, that Sam Walton, for example, that the owner of Walmart, he was uh, Sam Walton, and he grew how he grew Walmart, because he was humble like crazy. He was going to every store in the whole planet to learn what other supermarkets were doing that he wasn't doing, that he can copy. He he was even like in jail on Brazil because he was like crawling on the on the on the on the on the pathways between our, in, in in supermarkets because he was measuring distances and stuff like that on another freaking country being billionaire already, and he was copying at that. He was modeling stuff that is working, and I learned like holy crap. You don't know at all. You have to learn from somebody else. So I decided to go online and find like a billionaire. I, I want to learn from a billionaire. So I started looking for billionaires in my area and I found one. <laughs> and then I started like, okay, if I'm going to anyway sleep on the street, let me sleep next to his office and let me see if I can do something. So I knew that he had a weakness on, on social media and I started learning social media because I knew that he he was a, he had a marketing agency that it was is moving like four billion dollars a year. So I said, holy crap! If I I know that they are crap on social media. If I learn social media, I'm going I'm going to have a job with him. So I started like finding courses to do social media and stuff like that. So I started learning growth hacking to try to get a job with him because I knew that he was going to change my life. So basically. It was a it was another time that I learned a lot, but basically I I did like seven courses on social media that I stole online, some way somehow I, I don't recommend it, but I was broke I couldn't pay for it, so <laughs> I was doing all of these courses and I and I managed to get an account from zero to thirty thousand followers like in three weeks, 
And that was, and it was like a fan page for this person. And that got his attention. Then I got a meeting with him. Then we did some crappy stuff together. He's a billionaire. He doesn't need me anyway. But I got him an interview with Grant Cardone. Uh, it was super random, but I got him an interview with Grant Cardone. And I discovered that these people are on the top of the of the pyramid of the of wealth. They have they own the they have power over thousands and thousands of people. So I said, holy crap, if I could do business with a person that have a thousand employees, five thousand employees, and five thousand customers, one business will bring me a ton of money. So I decided like finding now growth hacking attached to business, how I'm going to actually use people that have leverage. So I started using influencer marketing, and this is something that, that worked for really well for your audience. There are like influencers on the market that are not making any money. I know influencers here in Miami that have 500,000 followers, and they are doing Uber to complement their income because they don't they are not business owners they are comedians and if you as a business owner you have an e-commerce brand or whatever uh, and you can push any product to them you can you can you can even send them free products and maybe they are going to do a video and they have 300,000 views on their freaking stories and with one simple swipe up they could go to your store you're making a ton of money i know a few people that is only using uh, influencer marketing for their e-commerce brands. And they are doing like $200,000 a month, $300,000 a month, just leveraging that these people don't know how to make money. Obviously, there are influencers that are super expensive. You go to Kim Kardashian, it's going to be a freaking million dollar one post or something like that. But I do think there are a bunch of influencers that are middle level that they are not yet on the scope of big businesses. And this is opportunity for you. So just to recap, I think it's extremely interesting how you got into what you're doing now and the revelations that, that you have had, which are, you know, building your own audience can be tough. Building your own connections can be tough. But if you target the right single connection or the right single influencer, then you can by default, acquire their audience or their network, right? Which I now understand why you're, you know, working in the business development sector, you know, because you see the power of connecting those people. I also think it's interesting how you started learning social media stuff, you know. I guess that's pretty motivating when you're sleeping at night, you know, in a city bus, you know, you're trying to find an option, you know, and learning social media. I think that was that was excellent. So, now, kind of skipping forward to where you are now and, and looking at where you've come from and in your your kind of business expertise, this growth hacking, I love like, for example, what you said about Sam Walton. You know, he was already a billionaire, but he's in Brazil crawling around the floor measuring the distance between shelves because he wanted to keep learning. So humility is super important. So let's like tactically start uh, addressing some of the advice that you would have for us, right? The advice being, how do we hack other people's growth, right? How do we replicate what they've done? How do we pull a Sam Walton essentially? And then how do we leverage what they've already done as far as audiences, right? So I have a few notes I've been taking. Let me make sure I'm looking at this. The first one that I want to talk about is let's talk about, you know, how you specifically look at something else that's already working, 
right? Like when I look at what other people are doing, you know, I don't always make the connections of, oh, I can replicate this or I can do this better. Oh, here's how I decided that it's working well that it's not. So let's talk about, you know, actually reverse engineering what other people are doing when it comes to especially social media. I love the part. And basically, uh, it's it's like an obsession maybe that I have. And it's like, if somebody, if something is working, go and model it. Find something, for example, is if somebody made a million dollars selling, I don't know, makeup, find that person that is selling a million dollars selling makeup and go and click on their website, buy their products. It's safe every page that they have on the checkout page, on their e-commerce or whatever, on their Amazon store or whatever, go and click and see every copy, every every call to action that they have. And you can do, you can start by doing that. And the other cool thing is basically you're going to, let's say that you sell makeup on Amazon, for example. And you're a guy. You just know that there is, it's super profitable, but you are never going to use makeup. You are not going to like, you don't even know like, like the names of the stuff. Hey, I know a foundation and mascara and lipstick. All right, I've got three. Foundation, mascara, and lipstick. That's all I got. I was trying to prove you wrong, but I think you proved me right. <laughs> Do come find people that is obsessed with makeup that maybe have a freaking 300,000 followers just because she makes us really well. And then I'm going to send her a quick DM on Instagram. Hey, how much do you charge for a shout out? Don't don't put your story there. Don't put your that that you are an e-commerce brand. How much do you charge for a bar, for a shout out? If they have 300,000 followers, they don't have the time to go over every freaking uh, message. What I something that I do is I add also like a, a an emoji of a money emoji. So they know that this is about money and the and the first thing is the first two words is how much. So if they are here to if they want to make money they are going to open up your message for sure. They do see the message even though that they had a thousand or two thousand messages. So now you found one you can go on Instagram and find all the related accounts. Uh, by clicking on, for example, you unfollow the person and you follow them back, and the Instagram have like a click a little like uh, arrow, and you can click that that arrow, and it will show you all the related accounts to that one. So if they are related or doing cross promotions with other accounts that are also about makeup, you will find seven or ten or fifteen that are really good. And maybe that one won't reply to you, but you do a hundred messages. That's super easy. You can do a hundred messages in two days, no problem. And you have seven replies. From the seven replies, each one of them, maybe they have 300,000 views on their stories. And they can do one promotion to your product and they will charge you $500 or $1,000 for the promotion. And you go for the same 300,000 views on a random targeting that you're trying to do, remember that everybody that is following this lady, they love makeup. They are like, they, they are consuming makeup stuff every freaking day. And now you are finding the most obsessed person with makeup to share with their obsessed audience about the new makeup that you have. How And then you have free... <laughs> 
<laughs> promo, if you want to run ads to the same audience, you can grab the video that they did. And you can, if you don't want to pay to the influencer, you can run the ad and run that ad to their, to, to their audience. And that's it, if you want to. Or keep, if it works, you can keep paying it. For example, the last week I had a customer that ran a, an influencer ad. They spent 1500 bucks on an influencer and they got $57,000 back on sales from one shout out on one story, <laughs> one swipe up on, on Instagram. And I could have, like, I cannot stress enough actually finding people that is obsessed with your products. And if they love your product and your product is good and you're not cheating on people because that's the other thing. You have to be ethical. Find good products. Don't find crappy products. If you have a group product and this person that is obsessed with makeup, they love your freaking product. They are going to promote it naturally. It's not going to be uh, <laughs> those promotions like... Don't never do this. Never. This is a don't do. There are people that see an influencer that they like because it's hot. And now they want to pay them on a shout out to start the relationship because she's hot. But she's hot. She's attracting men to actually follow her to just, you know, get distracted during the, their work, during the day. Women are not freaking following this woman because she's just posting naked pictures about herself. So you pay this person that have 3 million followers and you lose your money. You pay somebody that have 300,000 that is freaking talking every day about makeup and doing makeup videos every day and you would sell 10 times more. Got it. So, yeah. So a couple takeaways there. You know, hacking hacking somebody else's social media growth. Big takeaways I have are one is you can engage with them once with one, you know, video shout out or whatever. And then you can actually capture their audience that way and run ads to that audience without having to pay them again. I didn't know that. I think that's pretty cool. I also love the, the tip that you gave about following somebody, figuring out that you like their audience, unfollow them search them again and Instagram will give you suggested other pages that are that are similar. I had no idea that was super cool. And I do completely agree that audience size does not always matter. And you're right, there's a lot of especially, you know, and I hate this, but especially female influencers that have a lot of followers that are not necessarily the target demographic of the product that I want to sell. You're right. If there's a sports illustrated model on Instagram the majority of her followers are going to be dudes. So it doesn't make sense for me to try to sell a woman's handbag to her audience because the majority of her audience probably isn't going to buy my handbag. I love that. So those are all great growth ha uh, hacking tactics when it comes to social media. Let's talk about growth hacking tactics when it comes to relationships, right? So of course, there's some carryover with influencers, but there's also a lot of carryover when it just comes to normal business development. And this applies to anybody, whether you're a, you know, 10 figure, you know, Shopify seller, or you're just getting started with your first product on Amazon, knowing the right people having these relationships are important. That's one thing that I've accidentally figured out in my career is, you know, I can beat the bushes for clients, you know, till I'm blue in the face if I want to. But if I invest in making one really high quality contact, one really high quality relationship, then that can trickle down to just massive, massive, massive amounts of you know, other contacts. 
So let's talk about what you call your top 100 list. And I've heard other people talk about this as well, Russell Brunson and some of these guys. But talk to me about how you would, if you're an e-commerce seller, tactically start to build this top 100 list and then how you would use that top 100 list. Totally, 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 100%. Uh, for the people that is listening, they, this, this is called the Dream 100. Basically, is finding the 100 people on the market that have all the leverage on your niche. It's people that maybe one person who have a million customers on the same makeup for the, for putting the same makeup example, and they already have a million customers on makeup, and maybe uh, you have something different that they could add to their own product. Maybe maybe something uh, that, that, whatever, like, I don't know about makeup at all, but <laughs> maybe you are selling a new pencil that they don't have, and instead of you trying to sell it by yourself, you just find these people and you tell them hey let's let's add this pencil that everybody's buying is super hot and instead of you selling one pencil to three thousand people you are selling to one million people that they already have so basically the whole idea is finding a hundred of them and for example Russell Bronson when he was launching click funnels he explained how he grew his company from zero to a hundred million dollars without using ads and it was basically using this strategy. It was basically finding every person that needed ClickFunnels as a platform and going and seeing who have a million followers, who have 500,000 customers already. And then he put it on a list and he started reaching out to them. He started like uh, sending messages on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on if you if you can find the assistant name, if you can find the, and you can put a VA for this. A VA is, is going to cost you 400 bucks and you just give them your list and then they are going to start like doing all the research for you. This is what I do for people. Basically, I get a business, any type of business and I say, okay, uh, give me three influencers that you know on your niche. Okay, now I'm going to find the other 97. Now I'm going to start communicating every single day, engaging with their contents, liking and whatever, but also sending messages, sending messages about something that they need or they want today. It's not something about you. You have to open up the relationship. Now, over like $8 billion worth of entrepreneurs know my name because I just interviewed them on my podcast. And basically... I just started up the relationship. For example, yesterday I was on the phone with a guy that, that is a friend now and he has sold $200 million. I will never get access to this guy, but the excuse was, let me do an interview with you. And now we build the rapport on a simple live, Facebook live or a podcast or however you want to call it. You could be, if you have 300 people on Instagram or 300 people on Facebook, do a Facebook live. Find somebody that have leverage on your niche. It's like, <laughs> and I like to, I, I think that Russell also used this analogy. Like, let's say that you have a book, a Christian book, and you can find a church that talks about Christianity, and this is about God or whatever. So instead of you selling one book to every Christian, you go to the pastor of the church And you tell them, hey, look, this is the best book that you will ever read on Christianity or whatever. And, I, and I'm going to give it to you as a gift. Now you're building rapport with the pastor. You're telling them 
how is going to add value to him and his community. And he's going to freaking happily sometimes even share it for free to his audience because your book is doing good for his audience. And now your, your mindset, you have to be, how I'm going to offer value to this person. Okay, a person sometimes, maybe you're a freaking ultra billionaire or whatever millionaire, but nobody wants to talk to you because they think that you are a jerk. Maybe money sometimes get people away from you or you maybe you scream to some people around or they got offended. And these people, <laughs> whenever they find somebody that want to ask them about their journey, they feel proud about themselves. They feel proud of waking up freaking every day at 5 a.m. to do all the work that nobody wants to do. And then they hate them because they are doing the work that they are not doing. And now you come in, hey, let me give you my platform. Let me share with my audience what you have, your journey. And these people happily, like from a thousand messages that I send a, a day, I get maybe 40 replies. From the 40 replies, I get people into my customers' podcasts or calls or whatever. And it's like, holy crap, I'm, I'm coming... Do eight-figure eight business owner or seven-figure business owners or nine-figure business owners I'm having a, are having a conversation because of some messages that I sent today. It's easy. You just have to freaking do it. it, you, it and when you're going to do it, like, listen, yesterday I had a testimonial from one of my customers, and it was so funny because uh, he's really good at doing partnership with other people. And we got him on an interview and with a guy that runs the ad for the ads for, well, a big coach uh, now. After the interview, they close on the after the interview, they close half a million dollars after the interview right away. Like they they are knowing each other for 30 minutes. They talk about business at the end of the podcast. And they close a $500,000 deal right away. Imagine in the future. Can you, that, can you do that with the sister of your teacher and the school? <laughs> it's hard. Like, really, you have to find the people that have all the leverage on their niche. Imagine you finding one a month that is going to bring you $500,000. One every two months. That's good. And there is people trying to sell $10,000 product to 100,000 people. And, and you can do that. That's no problem. But what about if somebody already gathered your audience and they already love this guy and they can share your product with that audience? So obviously we can, you know, growth hack, uh, funnel hack, reverse engineer people's efforts, right? So we can reverse engineer their their ads, we can reverse engineer their audiences, we can take advantage of their audiences, we can utilize the reputation that they have on a on a audience side, like like what we're talking about the Instagram and the makeup example. But also you're saying another great growth hack that you found is just forming the relationships with the people with influence. Right? So not necessarily like product influencers, but influences influence within a specific market. And I completely agree. I love this whole concept of the top 100 because it applies to anybody. If you're a, a lifestyle coach, go out and find you know the top 100 influencers in your space on you know lifestyle coaching. If you're selling um, you know a, a makeup brush, go and find you know your top. And it, the top 100 doesn't necessarily have to be like the biggest audience. It could be just 
if you could sit down and write down a list of 100 people you'd love to be able to work with in this space, this is your 100. It's not always the biggest 100, but it's the best 100 for you, right? And just start attacking him and know that you're going to get a lot of strikeouts. You know, we don't know Babe Ruth for his strikeouts. We know him from his home runs, but that sucker struck out a lot. My grandpa used to say all the time, you know, when I'm fishing, like you're never going to catch a fish unless you've got a hook in the water. You know, so I could sit on the bank and I could be retying my lures and, you know, changing out, you know, lures all the time and stressing out about what size, you know, my line is. But he's like, you know, you can sit here and second guess this. You can just start throwing out hooks, right? And I think that when we're reverse engineering, we're, we're growth hacking our way to success with whatever business it is, uh, specifically, you know, a physical product business. I love the analogy of churches. You know, we could go after all of the uh, the church members or we could have one relationship with the uh, with the pastor, with the preacher who has influence over everybody within that church. And if we're trying to sell a book, that's the way to do it. So that's all really, really good stuff. Tell me, like, like you've got an interesting story, right? Like, you know, you grew up in the Dominican Republic, which is not an, an easy place always to grow up. And I, I hate, I, I've grown to hate the term third world country, but I love the term developing country, right? So you grew up in a developing country. You didn't have a lot of the same resources that, uh, that a lot of us in the, the more developed world do. You know, you're 20 years old. You've, you've gotten host a couple times on businesses. Your business is literally burned down to the ground. You've run to the U.S. to escape lawsuits. You're sleeping on a bus. And, and you figured some stuff out along the way, right? And you're, you're, I guess you consider yourself successful now, right? If not, at least you look successful with that amazing fedora on. I'll keep coming back to that just because I'm jealous. I can't pull it off. But what is one of the successes, you know, the, the more specific successes that you're most proud of? Like when you look back, even with the past year and you're like, I can't believe I pulled that off. Like what's the one example you would give me? Well, I'll give you two. Uh, <laughs> One was after going homeless and killing my ego and actually uh, deciding to start a relationship with my dad, a real relationship. And that was, that was that is one of my biggest wins, actually, uh, because some of some people actually and this is not about business, but it's like actually being grateful for the people that push so much work in developing you and sometimes they are pushing you so hard to go to the next level and you holding back that you get a grudge a grudge with them and you sometimes even hate them i used to hate my dad and after i got homeless i discovered how how caring he was for me and he was pushing me to go to the next level and to do better but i was uh my mindset it was in another place and now, uh, after that, that I started like doing courses and personal development and stuff, I, I discovered my dad again. And, and now I could sit down with a friend and sit down and have dinner with him and talk to him and make him proud. Like it, it's, it's just like giving back to the person that most invested in your development, sometimes your mom, your dad. And that's my biggest win. Uh, and on business, on the business side, uh, actually, I could say that the on the business side is, hmm, yeah. Well, uh, there is one deal that I I managed to actually start a relationship with somebody that has sold over sixty million dollars online, and 
I was broke when I started working with him. Broke like crazy. I was trying to do my best, but I did. I, I was applying the knowledge, but I wasn't there yet. And I decided to also use the Dream 100. He was on my Dream 100. He was one of the people that I look up to. And I started, I landed the relationship. And we started doing, I started working for free for him at the beginning. He liked it and he started paying me. And then after growth hacking my way in into his business, now oh, we make together 20, 30 grand a month on profit just for my business, just because we decided to, I decided to grow hack my way to be humble enough to say, hey, I don't know everything. I'm not the best at it. I'm not going to charge you because I'm not the best at it, but I'm going to put 200% of the effort. Nobody ever, you know, nobody ever that will do the much, as much effort as me on accomplish this goal with you. And we did it. And now it's like automatically, automatically without doing too much work because we actually, I actually decided to, to, to do it for free at the beginning to actually like, and it doesn't have to be for free. It could be cheaper. It could be, it could be whatever, but it's like these people, they don't need you. These people that is in a big position, do you think that a millionaire or a billionaire or a person that has sold a hundred million dollars, do you think that they really need you to clean to clean their car or to it's it's like a gesture. It's like a, a way of saying, hey, whatever you need me to do here, I'm here to do it because I'm here to learn. And basically now, <laughs> what I'm most proud of is basically I have I call with him every week for an hour and with other people that are at this level. And he charged $60,000 a, a, a year on his mastermind. And I'm having and for like four times a year and I have him every week for free because I developed his, this relationship with him and it's free. And now I'm working with other people and it's the same. Like I'm learning so much and it's so cool. I used to think that learning was so stupid and boring when I was on school, but now like learning something new that I like is the most coolest thing that I could ever find. And now I find these people and, and for the people that is listening, when you do the dream 100, this is the coolest thing. Like you develop the relationship, you start making more money. That's cool. But you start hanging out with these kind of people that like they can take you, they can scale you to the next level right away. You learn like crazy. You become friends with people that that they they already have three hundred employees, and you have fifteen, or you have ten, or you have three. They could you could ask them any advice. If they were going to charge you, that would cost you ten grand or fifteen grand or fifty grand. And now it's free for you because you took the time to also develop the relationship. It's people that you maybe you look up to, you dream to be on a room with that person. And now you're working with them. And that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I don't know what the top highlight is from what you shared with us. There's a lot of uh, a lot of takeaways here. And I appreciate you sharing that. We're out of time, so we need to cut it loose. But if someone wanted to get in touch with you, follow you, how would they go about doing that? Well, the easiest way is to go to my Instagram, J-O-E-C-U-R-Y, Joe Curie. And basically, you click on the link on my bio to get whatever information. Basically, as you know, what we do is we connect 
people that have leverage. And we also not only connect them, we we do the list for you. We help you find all the people on your niche that have the leverage. And we tell you, okay, we bring you a list of 500 people. Okay, this is all the people that have hundreds of thousands of your potential clients. Uh, do you want to have a call with these people? And you tell me yes, and we set up the call. Cool. So Joe Curry on Instagram, check him out there. Check out his bio, see the links there. Joe, thank you for being on. Those of you that are uh, listening, I'd love to see um, you know from you what your top highlight is from this episode, the biggest takeaway. If you're watching on YouTube, put it down in the comments. Make sure you hit that uh, like and subscribe button. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Podbean or Google Podcasts or whatever, please leave us a review. Tell us in the review what you thought was beneficial from this episode. Unfortunately, if you're on those platforms, unless you leave a review, we don't get to hear from you. So we'd love to uh, to see those reviews come in and tell us what you like, what you didn't like, biggest takeaways, and maybe throw out a thanks to Joe for uh, spending an hour today, dropping some of this knowledge on us, talking about his past and sharing his wisdom. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Joe. And we will see you guys on the next episode.